feeling all edgy and ready to kick off Queen's sixth album. The pivotal, massive shift in sound to something more minimal, something stark, very edgy, very gritty. The fantastic hard rock album, News of the World. Iconic, iconic. This album is such a massive change from the lush orchestral influence in the tracks of the album before it, A Day at the Races. Of course, A Night at the Opera, which preceded that album, the sister album, if you will, was also very classically influenced. A lot of elements of very melodic, sweeping harmonies and arrangements that took us through these grand soundscapes. I almost said landscapes because I just hit my arm. (laughs) I got momentarily distracted. But today, no, we are not talking about those kinds of songs from Queen. This is a new kind of Queen. This is an edgier, darker queen. As I was thinking about this album, listening to it again, reading about it, I thought, you know, this truly is one of the biggest shifts we get from album to album. And it was very intentional. This was not something that just happened. It wasn't something that just developed as the songs were put together. There was a very intentional move on the guy's part to make this sound this way. News of the World was released on October 28th, 1977, and was recorded July 6th through September 16th of that year. Almost Half the time that it took them to make the previous album, the very complex and pretty A Day at the Races, which of course is one of my favorites. But this is so far removed from races, so vastly different. It was number four in the UK, number three in the US, three, you guys, that's huge. It was also number one on the Dutch and French charts. And it hit number two in Canada. So the guys had a lot of success with News of the World. And a lot of that had to do with, of course, the two opening tracks, which are essentially one song in a lot of people's minds. I don't want to go into too much detail. I'm sure I'll mention them by name as I go through this. But I want to start digging into the details about this thing. You know what? I think I'm just going to start with all of the cool facts, all of the things that I found and read about as I was putting together my list of must talk about this stuff. This is so much fun. I love kicking off the albums. I love going into way too much detail about what makes each album unique. News of the World was recorded at Basing Street and Wessex Sound in a short and impressive two and a half months. Yeah, way shorter than a day at the races. And and I don't think it's because of a lack of interesting or complex songs, no. I think it's just the groove the guys found as they were working through these very gritty, edgy numbers. And this album also includes the only Queen song recorded in one take, sans vocals. The vocals were, of course, added later. But the instruments were entirely recorded together in one take. 
So it's almost like a backing track in a final track, if you will. That's the only time the guys ever did this that way. So it's kind of a gem in their catalog, and we'll talk more about that later. And also for the first time, Roger and John contribute not one, but two songs each for the album. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I mean, of course, I noticed, but it wasn't like this aha moment until I started picking things apart very granular. And I thought, wow, yeah. It's the first time we have something from the both of them more than once. It's, it's nice. It's a nice shift. I think it gives the album a little bit more diversity and freshness as well. Because usually, Freddie and Brian are the prolific writers in the group. But here we have a little bit more from the other boys. It's wonderful. Another album produced primarily by the boys with assistance from Mike Stone. Once again, he assisted on the previous A Day at the Races. And this, of course, gives the album such a wonderful tone. I've talked about it, how much I love the way these guys produce because they know what they want their music to sound like. They like to be at the board doing everything themselves. And again, like A Day at the Races, this album, News of the World, couldn't sound more different in its style, of course, but it has the trademark crisp clarity, the boominess. The drums are in full force here. One of the things I love most about this album. And it's been widely noted that Queen were in the studio while the Sex Pistols worked on Nevermind the Bullocks, Here's the Sex Pistols. And during that time, Freddie had a run-in with Sid Vicious, where Vicious said, quote, have you succeeded in bringing ballet to the masses yet? Unquote. And Freddie stood his ground, though, and said that we're doing our best, dear. I think there was a little bit more in that confrontation. I've read different accounts of it. I've read about it so many times that yes, it did happen. So it's just interesting that Freddie was so assured. You know, he was very self-assured. He was very confident in who he was and what he loved and what he stood for. And yeah, he stood his ground (laughs) and just said, well, we're still trying. I love it. I love the cheek of it. And this is the first album with a cover concept from Roger. I've talked about this before that Roger really took to heart and took very seriously the covers, the imagery, the feel of the album as a whole. Wasn't just about the music. He was always thinking about the bigger picture. This also had to do with image. He was always dressing like he was ready to rock out. He was very in tune with all of that, very aware of all of that. He has always cared about the whole album package. He just spoke with... I can't remember the publication of the guy's name. It was this wonderful 30-minute long interview he gave talking about his new album, his new solo album, Outsider. I think I'm going to do an episode on my podcast about it. But anyway, he was talking about the album package and how the digital age had essentially killed it. But with this resurgence of vinyl, all of a sudden, some of it's coming back. The cover art, the lyrics the booklets, you know, having that whole experience when you listen to music. It's not just about the music. There needs to be some sort of holistic feel for this whole experience. And here, he was thinking about that when he brought forth this idea for the cover. And he was inspired by a copy of the American magazine Astounding Science with an illustration of a robot wreaking havoc on the people drawn by Frank Kelly Freyas and the band contacted Freyas and thankfully 
He loved the idea of his robot being featured. Only this time around, the people in the art would resemble the boys, of course. Now, in addition to the shift in the style of a news of the world, we had a lot of business arrangements that shifted during this album's release. So shortly before release, Queen severed ties with Trident completely. Remember, we talked about Trident Production Company and how the guys signed with them first. And it was this kind of middleman deal where Queen didn't get hardly any money. Trident was getting a lot, probably. And so the guys started working with John Reed, beginning with the period right before A Night at the Opera was being created. So at this point, the guys ended all of their remaining ties with Trident completely. They bought out the 1% royalty agreement and they were able to do this thanks to their new success, thanks to the money that finally started coming in. But they also transitioned away from John Reed management. I'd read about that before and I'd forgotten it until I was reviewing my notes again. And I was like, wow, this is a huge deal. So at that time, the band essentially began managing themselves with assistance from several people. They worked with Pete Brown as personal manager. Paul Prenter, who a lot of us know at this point, was actually a friend of John Reed's and needed work. Jim Beach handling business and contracts. And of course, Jerry Stickles stayed on to manage touring like a pro. A really cool thing took place during News of the World and during the release and the touring of it. Bob Harris, who was a BBC music presenter, interviewed the boys and worked on a documentary throughout promotion and performances of this album during the tours. And you can watch a lot of these interviews in the various footage on YouTube. There's a really long video, actually, I think it's like 20 minutes or more, that has a lot of that footage compiled in it. This was also the first album which saw a Queen single chart higher than number nine on U.S. charts and also saw a single released with a picture sleeve in the U.S. for the first time. And this was notably Queen's first ever platinum selling album in the U.S. A lot more big firsts when the guys kicked off this tour in the U.S. They started traveling by plane primarily, which gave them ample time to explore really cool hotspots in town. So instead of only seeing airports and planes and hotels and music halls, they were actually able to get out and see cool places that they otherwise would have absolutely no time to explore. John showed up with a buzz cut (laughs) when they all showed up to start the tour for the album. And he was accused of going punk. Roger sang lead on stage for the first time with I'm in love with my car. And Freddie sang love of my life for the first time with the audience perfectly singing along. So a lot of firsts happened as the guys either released this album or started touring it. A lot of shifting. And I would assume some of it is just general attitudes. It's the ebb and flow. It's the evolving of the band, but a lot of stuff going on with this shift in News of the World. Some comments from the guys about this album as a whole. There's quite a few of them to choose from. I tried to find some from each of the boys. So I, I wasn't able to find anything from John. That's not, that's not uncommon. <laughs> but uh, here's what I got from Brian and Freddie and Roger. Quote, 
I feel the Queen style of well-produced or production sort of albums is over. We've done to death multi-tracked harmonies and for our own sakes and for the public's, we want to go on to a different sort of project and the next album will be that, unquote. Freddie told NME that in June of 77, Brian said to Circus Magazine in 78, quote, our separate identities do come to the fore on this album on which every cut is completely different from the one before it and there's no concept at all. Apart from each having contributed two tracks for the album, John and Roger have been much more involved in the playing, unquote. And then in 78, Roger talked to Cream about News of the World and the calculated risk of making it the way they did. Quote, the thing was that Day at the Races had not sold better than Night at the Opera, and that was worrying. It hadn't sold less, just not better, and that didn't seem the way things should be going. In retrospect, I can see why now, but at the time, I thought it was the most brilliant thing we'd done. So yes, the guys decided to make News of the World very, very different than a night. I'm sorry. A day at the races. I keep doing that. I keep mixing up opera and races. They are very much sister albums, as Brian himself has said. Anyway, I digress. So some great comments from the guys there about what was going on to shift them from that super elaborate, ornate, embellished sound of races to this much more stark and aggressive kind of thing without much of a concept. But I think it works in favor of the album overall. Because yeah, the guys did this album very intentionally the way that it is, but it was perceived by many, many, many publications, critics, that this was a direct response to the emerging punk movement. That is the most common sentiment I read in all of these reviews. And to say that is pretty assumptuous, I think. But the guys have been so forward about the fact that this was an intentional move. And maybe it just so happened to coincide with this punk shift in the world of rock and roll. I feel like I'm saying shift a lot. Is that better than pivot? Is it worse? I don't know. Sorry. I will try to back off that word. Anyway, yes. Big things happening in in the world of rock and roll. This kind of anti-organizational, that rebellious punk. I know Roger was a fan of it, especially in its early days. I, I believe I've read that, that the other guys have talked about that Roger was or still is a fan of punk, but that the more, the longer it went on, is it just all flash? Is it just all hype? That sort of thing. I guess that's what happens with some of these music movements is you start to question the validity and I don't want to use the word integrity, but just the intention of it. Is it really just for hype? Is it really just for the sake of yelling and screaming and saying F you and all that jazz? Anyway, yes, the guys intended to make this the way they did. And whether or not it just happened alongside this punk emergence, maybe we'll never know the answer to that question. It might have just been a happy accident. However it happened, it certainly worked in their favor. And I want to talk about critics, reviews, fan sentiment, etc. There's quite a bit here to get through. Rolling Stone wrote, quote, 
Most of the songs on News of the World either challenge Queen's artistic enemies or endeavor to establish a vision of the new order. This is chilling stuff, but the coldness seems to befit Queen. Late sons of the empire, though they may be, Queen has nothing to fear or to do. In their moneyed superiority, they're indeed champions. Such are the salient fictions of which today's top 10 albums are made, unquote. There's a lot of digging going on in there, in those statements. It's very flowery. This is what you do in marketing. But if you read between the lines, it does very much sound like Rolling Stone is kind of going eh when it comes to this album. That is nothing new. Rolling Stone, by and large, during the time, were very, very critical of Queen, called them a lot of hype pomp, et cetera, et cetera. So kind of a slap in the face, really. The publication gave the album two and a half stars at the time. Washington Post mostly called Queen imitators of previously great music in their review. Some statements include, quote, the originality of Queen has tended over the years to reside more in their studio effects. They're already overdubbing, their multi-layered harmonics, their many-faceted range of technological effects, rather than in their melodies or lyrics. The question is, is Queen a group of mere derivative imitators in the guise of originators, or have the members of Queen been good at synthesizing, and are they able to blend the sounds of the 60s and 70s into an amalgam that bears in relief their own stamp? Unquote. So, yes, again, super hard on the guys, calling them imitators, calling them unoriginal, but they do question it. They say, okay, have they taken that inspiration that they've obviously, it's either it's subconscious or conscious from these previous artists that they loved, you know, Led Zeppelin, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, The Beatles, etc. And have they made it something original? And the rest of the review is very much like that. They do go on to talk about certain tracks being brilliant. And thankfully, the brilliance of tracks like We Will Rock You is recognized by the publication. And they went on to say additional rays of intelligence, talent, and craft litter the album. The Valley News had a lot of praise for the guy's minimal approach, saying, quote, although News is a rockier disc than Races, it appears that Queen wants to focus on accessible styles that have wide appeal, unquote. The Daily Mirror called this the, quote, most intriguing Queen album since their finest sheer heart attack, saying, whether all the obvious tension within the band will spur them on or simply pull them apart remains to be seen, unquote. So, tension in the band? Okay. <laughs> I don't really know where that's coming from. Was there something out there in the press at the time that they were picking up on at that point? Did it seem like there was something going on? Did somebody say something in the press previously? This happens all the time with bands. I don't know what it is about publications. They're always like, oh, everybody's on the brink of breaking up. You know, why do, why do we subconsciously think that way as if nothing can last? I mean, everything comes to an end, but okay, I digress. Basically, at the time, critics were hard on news of the world. The guys were both attacked and applauded for their shift in style, but even if critics liked the stylistic move, the guys were called unoriginal for moving toward the punk movement that was kicking off, especially with the Sex Pistols. But Brian confirmed this change to something more minimal and raw was intentional and not just a reaction to trends of the time. In retrospect, critics praise this album as one of Queen's best 
NME called it Queen's best, their sharpest, surest set. Fans also tend to rank news very high on personal favorite lists, calling the opening set of We Will Rock You into We Are the Champions the best pair of songs the guys ever did. So obviously, in retrospect, people say, yeah, News of the World is a great album. It's a very great classic rock, hard rock album. It has all the angst, all the rawness that you would expect from a rock and roll band. And that's what I find interesting. This is probably the guy's most obvious rock and roll album they've done, even with all the diverse sounds and styles we get here. But for some reason, critics were very, very critical of this move in light of what the guys had done previously. I don't know. It's just a fascinating contrast of opinions to me. And the way the press are never satisfied, (laughs) basically, is where we end up. But this album took so many elements and trademarks of Queen and puts them in this whole new light. It's Queen's pivotal shift in style that's edgier, rougher, anthem rock. News of the World encompasses probably the widest range of styles so far, all while maintaining the boys' love for layered harmonies, heavy drums and bass, and that soulful guitar from Brian, of course. After the storytelling, the fantasy, the classical inflections, the lush arrangements, this is Queen's first truly angry and lashing out album. It has a coldness, a chill. It's noted in many reviews. And despite its obvious aggression, especially on side two, it tackles both broad and intimate themes, harsh call-outs for aggression and soft reflections of life. The guys kept a heavy hand in its production, as I mentioned, very similar to races before it. Mike Stone remains as a co-producer. And that crisp in-your-face intensity of the previous album is entirely present here. The album feels less warm than previous offerings. And again, it's a nod to that chilly disposition. It's funny. I never thought of it that way. But it does indeed feel kind of distant, unapproachable, and in its own world. Like the album itself has a chip on its shoulder. And after the many attacks from the music press the band endured over the years, it's no surprise. This edginess is not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. The album confidently, aggressively does its own thing, embracing so many ideas and innovations of sound. There's hardcore rock, bluesy inflections, jazz, Latin flair, funk, and even a little bit of, wait for it, disco. Gone are those lush operatic arrangements that sweep and sway and bathe us in swells of melodic crescendos. Everything on news is snappier, poppier, more aggressive. The guys took a minimalist approach, opting for a more live, jamming in the studio sound, and literally recorded one song in its entirety during one such session. The diversity of the album comes from the guys individually venturing into varied territory. Each queen gives us at least two or more songs, and they're all incredibly dynamic, surprising, entertaining. Roger himself said the modesty had completely disappeared when it came to the track We Are the Champions, referencing the band's exhaustion as the easy target, all pomp and no substance band that the press loved to call them. This sentiment undoubtedly carries throughout the album's entire performance. It's just enough arrogance, frustration, 
angst, in-your-face, unsettled aggression, we need to rock out and rock hard. News of the World really is a top queen album. I would say even if it's not one of your favorites because of the songs or the content or the lyrics or whatever, I think it's undoubtedly one of their best done albums. And part of that, again, goes back to the production. But there's something about the vibe here. It's that coldness, that chill, that chip on the shoulder vibe. It's perfectly rock and roll, first of all. But I have to wonder, the guys picked up a lot of the business side of things when they started working on and kicking off News of the World and its promotion. I have to wonder how that changed their mindset, their demeanor. As a band, how did that shift the dynamic? Because it must have made a difference. Suddenly, you're not just sitting at the creative helm anymore. You're actually starting to call the shots with the business side of things, which in some cases is not fun. It's tiring. It's exhausting. It's frustrating to be in that role. Now, John had a role behind the scenes with the business in many different ways, and he still does. John is content to stay away from the limelight. He doesn't want anything to do with that. He will probably never appear with Roger or Brian again, and that's fine. The guys themselves have said John prefers it that way, but he still has a dealing with business elements of the band. They'll still contact him and say, John, this is what we're going to do, and if he doesn't respond, that's his okay. And I love that they respect each other and the roles they want to play. But going back to this album at the time and the way things were shifting within the band, what did that mean for this album's attitude and the atmosphere surrounding it and how things transitioned for the band moving forward? Undoubtedly a huge influence, whether or not it was a conscious influence. Because as soon as you start to step into those business elements and the music business, suddenly you're not just these four guys creating fantastic music anymore. Suddenly you have more responsibility. It's your baby. Not that it isn't your baby to begin with. I mean, these guys were nurturing this thing they had created for years at this point. This is 1977. They've been together since 1971, the four of them. And The others have known each other for years before that. So we are going way back at this point. There's a lot of trust here. There's a lot of development here. There's a lot of evolving personally and certainly as a band. So I'm just thinking about all these things as we start to move forward with News of the World. And I talked just the other episode ago or several episodes ago about how the guys' attitudes have shifted already from the very green and almost cute, childlike enthusiasm we had back in, you know, 74, 75, when they first went to Japan and they were so enthusiastic and so gracious and appreciative and sweet about that. And there's an edge coming here with, again, I think they've had it with the press. They're done with getting knocked around as these guys that don't have any skill or talent and are simply recreating things that have already been done. They're done with it. The modesty is gone. They're just going to fully embrace what they know they can do extremely well and what they know the guy, what they know the guys, what they know their fans love to hear. And I think with these songs, we're getting into some of the absolute best live songs the guys ever did. We are the champions. 
We Will Rock You. You know, these songs have lasted and lasted on set lists forever. They're anthems forever. They are out there in the musical firmament. I love that phrase. I think the first time I really thought about it was when, <laughs> was when it was said in the movie Amadeus. Fabulous film. I love it. I could watch it over and over again. But anyway, this album and so many of the songs on it live on and on. And a lot of the songs are not well known, especially on the second side, but they are brilliant. You know, we have It's Late from Brian. Wow. It's an epic rock out number from him. A little bit of bluesiness there. I love sleeping on the sidewalk. I don't want to give away too much with that one. It's very, very special. I love Get Down, Make Love, even though that one <laughs> takes, I feel like people like to attack it a lot because of the context and the lyrics in it, but we'll talk about that more. I love the percussion in that, in that one. One of John's best is here. It might be my favorite. And of course, Freddie and his fantastic vocal performances. So much diversity here, so much shift in style. I, I love that they didn't have a concept. They kind of just went for it. Every single one of them brought forth two or more songs here. And we have this incredible collection that has stood the test of time and now is recognized as one of the best rock albums there ever was. And of course... A lot of that has to do with the brilliance of Brian and Freddie slamming their songs together, kicking this album off. Ladies and gents, we're going to talk about that in so much TMI detail. I love it. And this is the perfect time to kick off News of the World because it came out in October of 77. And honestly, I'm kind of feeling angry about some things myself. So we're diving into a lot of angst and lashing out. It really is true. There's a lot of songs here that are screaming, kicking and screaming and complaining and venting. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's kind of really fun. I mean, fight from the inside. Thank you, Roger. That is one of my absolute favorites from him. It's such a great let it go song. I mean, he literally screams in it multiple times. It's epic. Fabulous. And Freddie shifted in ways that are very surprising here, even from a vocal standpoint, because we've had a lot of camp vaudeville-inspired numbers. I'm so sad we don't have those anymore from him. But we have so much character and aggression from him. The vocals are off the charts. Brian, mm, <laughs> John, honestly, you guys, I was pretty sure I already knew who was going to take this album as far as who stole my attention the most. And I'm already starting to question it because I'm thinking about each of these men and their brilliance brought forth on News of the World. And it's pretty stellar and fabulous and fantastic. And all that jazz, we're going to talk more. I'll be back next time. I feel like I left something out. I'm sure I did. I feel like I left something out. No, I guess I covered it all. Oh, well, if I forgot something important, I'll bring it up on one of the Queen Deep Dives for the songs themselves. Guys, have a fantastic rest of your day. I look forward to talking about these songs. I really do. This is going to be fun. We're getting into a new era. We're totally leaving behind previous Queen. We've crossed a line. We're not going back. Keep yourselves alive and have a fantastic fall day. It's October, people. Enjoy your coffee or your tea or pumpkin.
pumpkin-flavored stuff, right? I am not a fan of pumpkin. Little fact about me, I do not like pumpkin. They're cute. I love how they look. I always wanted one of those big, fat pumpkin costumes for Halloween, and I still have never worn one. I don't really have anywhere to go this year, but you know what? Maybe I'll just indulge and splurge and get myself a fat pumpkin costume. If you know of one, I can snag somewhere really fast and really cheap. Send me a link. I'm not talking about one of those ones that's like flimsy and falls down at your sides. I'm talking about full-on fat, big, puffy pumpkin with the hat that's, you know, like the little gourd on top. That's what I want. And maybe some green little elf shoes. All right, guys. (laughs) Later.